Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage, like we are every Sunday. Still here rooting on our bolts. Yes, go bolts. Going, uh, you know, rooting rooting on our bolts, and I'm rooting on the Golden State Warriors, even though they they they're uh, not playing as well as I'd like. Uh, that's my longtime team. I've been a fan of them since uh, since day one, since Chris Mullen back in the day. Wow, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Mullen, run TMC, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, and Mitch Richmond. So I've been a Warriors fan for a long time. But uh, back to real estate. Um, should you max out your budget to buy your first house? This is something that uh, there are a lot of people out there buying first homes right now. Uh, obviously, prices have gone up. Right. Prices of real estate have gone up historically at a historic pace. Interest rates have gone up at a historic pace. And now people that, you know, could have bought and been more comfortable a year or two years ago now are are met with this idea that to get the house I want, I might have to max out my budget. And I think that, um, you know, look, inflation is making it more difficult to budget your money because of the price of things going up. Right? For sure. And I think it's tough for people out there wanting to get everything they want in their first house, but, you know, and stay within their budget. But I also think that um, at some point, real estate got away from the first-time home, right? First-time buyer house, starter yes, house, right? right? And people started skipping over that. And I think that needs to be – there needs to be a reintroduction to the starter house for people because you don't want someone to extend their budget too much and then, you know, call have a problem with a job or ha- have something that financially they have a hard time keeping up with. And then it causes a, a trickle effect to where they're now not able to afford um, their house, and foreclosure and all these things. So, you know, I'm a big advocate that that you shouldn't try and get everything on your list with your starter house. Yeah, and we always talk to people when we go through it. There's a difference between what you qualify for, what you can get approved for, and what you really should go after, right? Those numbers don't need to be the same. You don't need to max out. We'll tell you, hey, you can go up to this amount. Um, but you really want to really look at your budget look at um, you know all of your different expenses and make sure it's going to be a level of comfortability for you and also with some wiggle room in there for unexpected yeah. expenses or, things or cost even more things than you like think like vacations yes, or right. you know a new car so so i hear a lot of uh, first time home buyers saying things like well i can cut this out and i can cut that out and then i can get you know this and and look, like I'm an advocate for, for high real estate prices. Look, I, I you know, right. I'm not complaining, but but I also think it's financially irresponsible for home buyers sometimes to do that because then their quality of life suffers. They think that once they get that house, that everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. And the reality is, most people, unless you have a really big family, most people spend most of their time in two or three rooms of the house. Yes. Okay. Like you can have, and look, I have a great big house, right? I got, you know, so like I know, like there's rooms in my house I don't ever go in. You know, and and so uh, for some people that that can't afford that, that's sunk cost. You know, so so think about it realistically. And again, if you've got a big family with a lot of kids and a lot of pets, okay, I understand, right? And so, um, you know, I've got a kid living with me. I've got my mom living with me. I got dogs. You know, so like, you know, the big house comes in handy. Sure. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, a single person or a young couple that doesn't have kids or anything like that yet. You know, I, I've seen people make the sacrifice of saying, "Hey, look, let's just get a bigger house," and and then they're they're they they real they, they realize they still need vacations, they still desire to go out to eat, they still desire to do all these things, but now they've pushed their budget 
so far because they tried to skip the starter house. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they try and push it or it's like, you know, that classic keep up with the Joneses or, you know, everything that's there. And then you're right. They they end up miserable in doing it and they turn around having yeah. to sell it or they're in a bad position. And you don't want to do that to yourself. You want to be in something that you, you feel comfortable with and comfortable with the payment with a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah, it's funny to keep it up with the Joneses. My pastor uh, a few weeks back did a sermon on uh, comparison is the enemy of joy. Yes. And, and, and I think it's so accurate because I think today with social media, everyone looks at what everyone's doing and what everyone has and where everyone lives and you want what they have. And, you know, you you forget to kind of live your own life by, by trying to one up or compete or measure up with someone else. And I think so many people can get caught up in that in their first house because one of their friends maybe got a cooler, nicer, bigger house or has a better job. And and then they extend themselves to try and like measure up. And, and then all of a sudden they, you know, their quality of life suffers their health suffers. They stop eating good quality food, they start eating bad, they start drinking away their problems. And, you know, one thing leads to another, it, you know, when when in reality, you just didn't need to extend. Yourself. Yeah. And so many people you talk about social media and the posts and things that, you know, that's just a highlight reel of people's yeah. lives, right? They you don't know really what's going on. And I don't look, know. I'm going to be honest. There's people that sometimes look at my social media stuff. And say, oh, look, he's got all these good man. You're not seeing all the <laughs> yeah, ugly right. stuff. OK, right. yeah, it's right. there. I promise. No, yeah, I know. No, we, we all have it. Right. <laughs> Everybody's have, you know, but it, it, it's a good point. You don't I don't know how many people I've met that have, bought, you know, overextended themselves up front too much on that. And then they're just miserable. But to the rest of the world or people see it, they think, oh, they're living the high life and everything else. But they're just trapped every day, struggling, stressed yeah. out and about think, how they're going to make their next payment. Yeah. And, and I, I think another piece of this is, um, you know, when you talk about people trying to uh, compete or or do too much, so to speak, um, you know, with the price of everything going up so much, if you push your limit today and you don't get raises and make more money in coming years, Everything is going up. Insurance, right? Insurance right now drastically going up. Taxes right now drastically going up. So if you're tapped right now and your income doesn't rise in the next year when insurance and taxes and the cost of everything go up, then unfortunately you're going to be in a really tough spot. So there's people right now that are making decisions. You know, I, I saw something not long ago that said you um, you either make decisions that pay you later on or you make decisions that you pay for later right, on. Right, yep. And there are people right now that you know really need to think two and three years out about the decisions they make buying a house and not overextending themselves because that could be something that two years down the line causes them where they can't afford their house anymore or, or you know they, they've got to start making major changes in their life because they've got to cut things to be able to afford keeping up with the Joneses, so yeah, yeah, and I it kind of a you know a ninja tip out there if you're if you're going to be a first time home buyer, you're thinking about getting into the market, do all of this budgeting and everything before you start looking that goes out there because once you start doing it, it, it does become an emotional. You get attached to a property, you find the one that's going to be there, and you need to know where your limits are going to be before you go out there and then yeah. try and back in well, it the and, other and way. Here, here's the other thing that happens, and I think this is something that's common too. People go out and look for a house. And look, social media, unfortunately, has programmed people to think irrationally about yes. things. Okay, So people go, a lot of first-time homebuyers, younger homebuyers have not gone through the process before they inspect the house. We do all we can to try and set a super high expectation on, you know, as, as we can on this. But they go out and they inspect the house, and the house inspection comes back with a bunch of issues wrong. That in reality, for most three or four or $500,000 houses, most of the homes are going to have those things wrong with them, right? So many buyers cancel on that inspection over five or $10,000, which 
from a percentage standpoint is pretty pretty minor. Right. Um, and they cancel because they want to go out just like on social media. They want a bunch of likes and hearts and you're so awesome. They want to go out and find this perfectly clean inspection report that, you know, has a bunch of likes, you know, that they can look at it and be like, oh, my house is the Taj Mahal. Doesn't exist. Yes. It's a myth. Correct. Okay? So people will cancel two or three contracts trying to find like the perfect house. Oh, and in and, and the interim, while they're doing that, they're going to raise their price. Okay. They're going to say, you know what? Maybe I can't find this perfect checkmark house with nothing wrong with it um, for 300000 So now I need to up my budget to 400000 so I can find this perfect house that has this inspection report that I can cuddle up to at night, cuddle up within bed that doesn't exist. So they're increasing their budget. And at the same time, prices are rising and interest rates are rising. Yes. So far too many home buyers cancel deals for, for small things that end up costing them more money later on, especially in an inflationary environment. I saw one the other day. It was like $2,500 in repairs on a $300,000 deal, and the buyer wants to cancel it. It's like they're going to spend more in time, energy, effort, inspection. They, they're not factoring any of that stuff in. They're not factoring in future appreciation. Home prices right now going up two or three percent a month. In right. one month, you're gonna you're gonna Absolutely. your next house is gonna cost more than the money that you're talking about, you know, canceling the deal on now in, in weeks, maybe. So way too many buyers think emotionally and irrationally and they don't do the math on what's happening with the market, and then they end up over overextending and overspending. So again, really important to 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 forecast some of these things out. Give yourself some buffer, make sure you have enough money to still invest, Absolutely. Uh, cover increases in expenses. So moving on, how much did it cost to build a house? Is it cheaper to build or buy? So this is a funny thing here because we've always said that your monthly expenses are cheaper when you build simply because your taxes and insurance and maintenance are going to be lower uh, simply from a standpoint of a more efficient home, um, you know, uh, more energy efficiency, um, you know, lower operating costs of the house. However, with everything happening in the construction world and construction materials, and and while some of that's starting to soften, um, it it begs the argument that that now it's starting for some people to look more expensive to build. You you know, construction costs being what they are. I've had clients recently look at resale homes and then look at lots and say, okay, recreation costs for homes that maybe were three, four, or five years old, not quite new construction, but right. but newer, and new construction ends up being more expensive. Yeah, because you're you're paying for all this inflationary stuff, and builders are now trying to catch up some of the money they haven't made. Well, and I think you've said before, some aren't even willing to commit all the way to a price, right? Because right. it's so volatile on what's yeah. going to be there, so you don't even know. So talking about budgeting and going in with something, you can't even go in. The contingency is so large; it could be I just, a huge. I, and range. I'm not a fan of making decisions based on unknowns. Right? It's you know, tough. like like especially with real estate. If you're telling me I'm going to buy a house and you don't know what it's going to cost me by the time it's all said and done, you can't give me a number. That's that's not a risk that that is a great one to take, um, um, unless again you have an unlimited budget, and you're really set on having really particular things, and you're super wealthy. Okay, then it makes sense. Right. But for the average everyday home buyer, agreeing to just pay the builder whatever materials and labor are plus their twenty plus percent markup, um, you know, not knowing what a finish line is going to be is just a recipe for. Uh, disaster coming down the line. So there's so many people right now that are in that space. And and I'll tell you that I think for most people right now, it makes more financial sense to buy a resale than it does new construction. I, I just think that's the trend, um, especially because how long new construction is taking. Now, look, right. if a new construction house is done, okay, uh, so, so you're not talking about building a house then, okay? So right. not what, I'm not comparing 
a completed house. Okay, what I'm comparing it to is a is a completed house versus a one year plus process to build a house. Okay, yes. an incomplete house. So new construction is still an incredible way to go. Definitely the right place for a lot of buyers. So so I'm not comparing that. What I'm comparing is building a house, aka a house isn't there, and buying something that already exists. And for the majority of the population, buying something that already exists is the better path. So we're going to continue our conversation after a quick break here. Make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at The Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, you name it. We are there at The Duncan Duo. Follow us for cool giveaways, real estate relevant information, and we'll be back after a quick break here on WFLA News. So we're back here on The Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And, and Mike, so many buyers right now are waiving home inspections. And they're waiving them because they have to, because the market's competitive, because they won't get the house. And and I in recent weeks, because the market has cooled off a little bit, I right. want people to know like the market is not as hot as it was a few months ago because interest rates and prices, it's still pretty hot. Yes. I mean, we're still getting bidding wars. We're still getting multiple offers, just not as rampant as it was before. And buyers are maybe not having to waive all these contingencies as often. But if you waive your right to a home inspection and find out later on there's all kinds of issues, you don't have a lot of remedies unless the seller failed to disclose something and lied about it. Then, of course, you could you could attempt to go back after the seller. But um, there are some horror, horror stories out there. First, bad wiring. Yeah. Electrical issues in old houses can be very expensive. You can have knob and tube or cloth wiring. You can have stuff that's not grounded. You can have old electric panels. I walked through a house last week that I'm going to buy and renovate and, and flip. And, you know, it had wiring nightmare stuff. Like wow. it had really expensive. It needed some really expensive electrical work. And so a lot of people flip on switches. Oh, everything works fine. Right. Yeah. yeah that that really be... testing the electrical system. Yep. You know, so so bad wiring, there, there are homes out there that you find out I have $25,000, $50,000 I've seen in rewiring issues. Um, you know, there are a lot of invisible issues with houses, though. Mold behind walls, um, you know, termites. Right. Um, we've mentioned the Chinese drywall before yeah. from a decade plus ago. Um, and, you know, foundation issues. There are things that you just can't know or see from walking through a house. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, and a lot of times people will, you know, spruce up their house before they put it on the market, maybe not even trying to hide, you know, something on purpose, but, you know, fresh paint or whatever and clean things up that you're just not going to see. And so unless you are a, a licensed contractor or an inspector and you can see all that stuff, you know, I can never imagine a reason I would ever encourage somebody other than if you are a, an inspector or a contractor to waive an inspection on a property. You can find houses out there that that, that you can still get it. It's it's just very very risky and yeah, for the amount is. of money it you're is. investing. We've had buyers do it. We we you know we have them sign a form. You know we always strongly encourage home inspections. We we would never recommend someone not get one. The struggle is. Um, sometimes that's what's had to happen. What yeah. buyers have had to do to get a deal accepted. So, you know, when you have that situation, the reality is, is the buyer can decide to either not do it or, you know, not get the house, right? Or right. they have to agree to it. So what I would tell people a lot of times is, is still do the inspection, still ask the seller. You, you may not have a right to inspect or a right to cancel, but you still want to have the inspection. Even if the seller won't let you doing it, do it during the process, 
do it as soon as you close. Yeah. Because then it gives you the blueprint. The home inspection in a lot of ways is the blueprint for what you need to do in the next few years of ownership to prevent something from turning into a bigger, more costly, expensive item. So, um, I, you know, I, I always we always recommend the home inspection. We have a form that people sign. But if you're in a situation, super competitive, and you understand the risk that you're taking on, and you feel confident or savvy enough that you can figure stuff out on your own, or maybe you're a contractor or whatever you're uncle's brother's dad's cousin's a contractor <laughs> whatever it is um still do one still do one maybe post post closing or get the seller to allow you to do one you just don't have the right to cancel um you know and 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 again the point is not to determine all the little nickel and dime items are wrong oh the door doesn't line up or this outlet doesn't have gfi right. or you know there's a light bulb out or you know all the you know there's stucco cracking that's normal you know, that's not what it's meant for. In my opinion, doing the home inspection is meant to prevent you from taking on some major catastrophic problem. Sinkhole, foundation issues, bad wiring, super expensive plumbing issues. Because, look, homeownership, you know, you're, especially with prices rising as much as they are, your prices are probably going to rise more than your repair or issues are going to be. But you're going to have to spend some money as a right. homeowner. You're right. going to have to fix some stuff. And keep in mind, when you do get the inspection, they are going to point out every little thing. They every are going to put out the outlet with the GFCI. And then in the last segment, you were talking about people canceling for minor repairs. that are, yeah. And that's a lot of what things are, really yeah. minor stuff that, really that's minor typical. Stuff. You, you know, that, that's going to be in there. Is there a $50,000 expense, right. or depending on the price point, right? Sure. I mean, if you're talking about a $200,000 house, you know, it might be a ten dollars or $20,000 expense that could be a deal breaker. And, and so... Um, the other thing the inspection does is that sometimes, depending on the language in the contract, can give the buyer leverage to get a better deal, you know. And, and so we just certainly don't recommend it. As listing agents, you know, yeah, we love when people aren't going to do it. Sure. We, you just made our job easier. Right. Now we're not going to have to negotiate through this. So when we're listing agents, certainly we're fighting for our seller. We're doing everything we can um, as long as we're not a transaction broker. When I say we're listing agents, that means we're representing the seller. We're, we don't have a representation of the buyer. Right. The buyer is represented by another broker or not represented at all. So, again, there are a lot of caveats to it. Certainly not something we recommend. There's a lot of horror stories that can happen, things that you can't see, uh, and especially even on new construction. Oh, my goodness. We talked about this with our home yes. company last week. Um, and, you know, Rich from a buyer's choice was on, and we, we talked about it. It's like you, you have to inspect new construction. I mean, they're throwing houses up so fast. There's so much pressure on them. You can't skip a home inspection on new construction. So well, anyway, we're going to continue our conversation uh, about the Tampa Bay real estate market after a quick break here on WFLA News. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Can changing jobs prevent you from getting a mortgage? Look, there's all kinds of memes out there. Yes, right, about there is. What real estate agents don't want their buyers to do. Uh, it's kind of like calling up the day of closing or two days before closing. I'm so excited for the new house. I just bought a new car too. Or right. I just got that yes. furniture from Rooms to Go. Yes. I'm so excited. You know, I can't wait to move it in. There are classic epic failures in home buying. And a lot of them stem from people making decisions that hurt their ability to get a mortgage. And, you know, we mentioned the getting a car, getting other financing or other credit. But, but one of the biggest ones is changing jobs or losing your job. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, especially if you're you're changing jobs voluntarily, right? In, in that um it's just not something you want to do. And so we've had people they they change do jobs and they get a new one and they're like, "Oh, but I got a new job." But if you went from for example from a salary job 
to a, to commission. a commission job, you have to have a history of commissions. And now we can't use any of that income. Yep. And all of a sudden now you don't qualify that that's going on there. So there are different things that can happen. So we always, I mean, we have a 10 commandments rule. We, we, we share it with people, you know, don't change jobs, right? Don't go buy the car, the furniture, any sort of those things that are going on while you're in the process of doing, wait until you're done wait till you're in the new home and you've closed and then you know you can make whatever decisions that you want but changing a job um it, it and people you would think would know that but they don't um and it and it happens so um if you're out there thinking oh well no kidding um lots of people do it so it's worth us saying it's worth us repeating you don't want to switch jobs um, while you're in the in the process of doing that, no and, and you bring up the furniture, we had somebody last week that went out and bought a whole bunch of furniture. Now, thankfully, they still qualified, but they they had a whole like. And what happens is all the mortgage companies, when you run credit, there it, it's it is a snapshot in time, but they run a report going on while you're in there that if you get any new inquiries or you take on any new debt, it's going to alert the mortgage company because they're trying to avoid people buying a new car, buying new property right. that isn't going to make them qualify. And that's going to cause the mortgage it's to get gonna, on. Yeah, it's yeah. going to come up. And yeah. and so it, it's going to be there. So you want to make sure, um, I mean, you got to talk to your realtor, you got to talk to your mortgage lender, but switching jobs yeah. um, during the process, bad, 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 bad no, idea. That's no-go zone. Yes. Yeah. Wait till you close and then worry about that stuff. Like, but But yeah. So the, the, the other thing, like you said, switching jobs, losing your job, um, they're going to find out. They're going to call and do an employment verification, like a lot of times day of closing. So, yes. you know, um, the, the, the reality is that you just you, you have to be so cautious today with, with qualifying for a mortgage. You have to be able to document everything, major swings in your income, even if you're a commission person. And, you know, yes. you made so much last year. Now you're making less. They're going to need an explanation. They want to cover their risk. And and so when you can't provide that or you don't have a good enough reason for them, your risk, your loan's at risk for denial. So simply put, if you're thinking about changing jobs, uh, get your mortgage and then you know, stop thinking about it <laughs> right. and do it later. <laughs> right. Um, but, but again, too, far too many people do that. And they're like, well, I'm in the same industry. I got a raise. Doesn't right. Matter. Yeah. You know, now, now it's risk for them. They like stable, you know, they like nothing changing stable. They like to see everything kind of the status quo. And I understand you want to go out and get a raise, but wait until after your mortgage close. I get it all the time from people wanting to get into real estate too. They're like, Oh, I want to get into real estate. Um, you know, um, I, you know, I'm going to get started next week. I, you know, but, but I've got, you know, I'm going to get started next week and then, you know, I'll really be able to go full bore after my mortgage closes in a, in a month. And I'm like, wait a second. Yes. No, 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 no. You know, like I'm going to leave my job before your mortgage closes. No, not a good idea. So the, um, you know, the, the reality is, is the mortgage lender wants to see the same thing happening with your finances at closing as they did when you qualify. Yeah, we're actually required by the agencies, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, to within 10 days to do a verification of employment. And so people sometimes think they're just not, we're not going to find out, right? Or it's going to be there. But yep. we're actually required. And you're going to find out. Up to sometimes the day of closing, we're going to do it, um, especially during COVID. They limited that. It had to be within 48 hours to make sure people still had jobs because so many right. people were losing them. So yeah. the rules can change and we're going to verify it. So again, you don't don't hide anything and don't voluntarily make the decision to Same do anything. Same thing with, you know, you go back to, the um, 1099 or, sure. you know, commission type jobs, swings in income or too many write-offs or not enough documentation of your income. You know, uh, like I, I had a client not long ago that buys and sells a lot of cars. He owns a, um, a, a speed shop. Okay. 
and he's constantly buying and selling cars. Like it's it's it. They come to him, he buys them, he sells them, and he's really good at it. He makes a ton of money at it. Um, but uh, he had a big chunk of money go out of his account, and he right. bought a car way under market. But the lender still threw up all kinds of issues. We had to jump through a bunch of hoops. He ended up having to find somebody to sell the car to quickly right. you know get the money back in and and because they didn't like that float they wanted more in reserves and and so if your job or business or your personal life has large amounts of money coming in and coming out you're going to have to document it explain it and they're not going to love that right during the mortgage process they're just not going to so yep. 100% you, know, you could risk your loan by you know you you can say all day long oh well, I bought it way under market well the lender doesn't care the lender liked seeing 80 grand in your bank account not 20 grand right and now that you only have 20 grand and 60 grand just out, went out the window you're going to have to document this and that and it's just you know, any kind of major financial moves become problematic. And if you are in those situations, there are loan programs for people that are 1099. There are different loan sure. programs that are out there for I all these different people things. Too. Yeah. Because again, you know, that's where it's, it's funny because, um, you know, we represented someone not long ago to buy, you know, a, you know, $5 million, you know, property, getting a mortgage on it. And, um, you know, for a person buying a $300,000 house, 10 grand coming in and out of the account a lot, big deal. Uh, 10 grand spent on a bar tab, big deal. Somebody buying a $5 million house, they didn't even bat an eye at some right. of those expenses because the zeros really make a difference, yep. right? So again, it's all relative to what you're buying. I Absolutely. mean, if you're buying or you know buying high-end real estate and qualifying for a mortgage, what is considered, it's really a percentage basis. Yes, you know, absolutely. It's, it's not a whole dollar scenario. If you're, you know, if you're buying, getting a $3 million mortgage, and you know you're you're you know you're a millionaire and you make millions of dollars a year and you're spending you know ten grand on a bar tab, it's probably not going to be an issue. Or if you've got ten or twenty grand coming in and out of your account for expenses or trips, not going to be a big issue. You got ten to twenty grand coming in and out and you're three hundred thousand dollar home buyer, big issue. Absolutely. So so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on WFLA News. Got some home seller tips for you. Look, the market has changed a little bit. We've also entered our rainy season, okay? We, you've got a more competitive real estate market from a standpoint of more sellers coming on the market. But I want people to understand, when I say more sellers are coming on the market, it isn't like some sort of drastic increase. Not inventory. at all. We're talking about going from one month of inventory to maybe 1.3 months of inventory, okay? Right. You know, it's actually still a welcome sign. really low. What's that? I said it's actually a welcome sign. It's yeah, good. We've we need some inventory. We yes. need it. Yeah. But but the reality is, is it's still competitive. And in the summer months, selling your home can be problematic when you get storms, when you get rain. You know, I'm a big believer that right now, so many of our home buyers are coming from out of the area. They're buying the Florida lifestyle, sunshine and rainbows. Okay. They're buying, uh, they're not buying cloudy and rainy. So if you're putting your house on the market and you got cloudy, rainy, dreary, ugly photos, you're going to get less money or and you're going to get less attention. That first impression, that money shot, that first photo really matters. The video of the house with blue skies or with really gray, ugly skies right. in the background, you know. So I think it's it's super crucial right now to, um, you know, to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to um, showcase a property. Pricing a home is also something that there's a bit of a science or an art to. There are a lot of people that don't realize this, but I want to give you a ninja tip here about home pricing when you're selling your home. People think, oh, I should put it on the market for $7.99, okay? 
You're not buying Bad gas. Idea. Yep. Okay. You're not buying gas. You're not. You're not going to buy dog food at Walmart. Okay. You should price on whole numbers. Okay. Yes. Twenty-five, fifty, hundred thousand dollar increments because uh, number one, it's how people search. Yes. People don't say I'm looking up to seven ninety-nine. Okay. And you're not tricking anyone that's buying a house. One ninety-nine is not any cheaper than two hundred grand. Okay. You're not tricking anyone. It isn't gas prices. It isn't some small retail item where you know that that mental trick might work. It doesn't work with real estate. Okay. You should price on the whole numbers. You price on the whole numbers because you get people that are searching up to that number, and then you're at the top of the search. So an example is, let's say you had a house that you were going to price at four ninety nine. Okay, price at five hundred. At four ninety nine, when people search and they say, "I'm looking for homes up to up to five hundred thousand," because that's how people search. Right. Okay. They search by whole dollar increments. I'm looking up to five hundred thousand. So they they look at the search. And then it sorts, most of the major websites sort by highest price first, okay? So, again, no secret as to why, because everybody wants you to spend more money, sure. okay? So, you see the $500,000 houses, your four ninety nine house might not be on until the second or third page. So many buyers don't even make it that far before they find the house they want to buy. They miss you, okay? The other side of it is, let's say you're a savvy consumer and you don't want to sort by highest price, by the default. You, there's a little option there and you change it and you say, I want to sort by lowest price to highest price. Somebody says, I'm looking for 500 to a million. Yep. Okay. If you're a 499 and that person says, I'm looking for 500 to a million, they never ever see your house, no matter how many pages they scroll through. So if you're at the whole number and they sort by lowest price first, guess what? You're at the top, you're on the front page. Okay. So you want to price on whole numbers. You're not tricking anyone. Um, it, and also psychologically, people respond better to that. So, so that's ninja tip number one on home pricing, price on whole numbers. Here's my next ninja tip for the day, and this is for home buyers, okay? This is a really good one. If you're making an offer on a house, okay? Let's say the, the house listed at 500000 okay? Don't make an offer for, you know, 495000 or 500000 5,000 or 500,000 exactly. Make an offer for $501,823.57. Here's why. You're going to stand out. People are going to think you actually did work in coming up with the number that you're offering. Like there's math behind it when it when there really isn't. Someone that's super analytical will be impressed by that because they'll think you're super analytical too. So don't offer on the whole number. Make your offer a random number, okay? People it will stand out more to people. It'll make people think about your offer and maybe they'll think, okay, wow, this guy is super analytical. You know, maybe there's, you know, it'll give you a chance to connect with the analytical home seller that you don't get by offering the whole number. We've seen it, we've tested it. And I can tell you by offering numbers like that, you also have a chance when you offer an, a non-whole number to at beating somebody out right. by your, yeah. whatever number that you use, your $823 might have might be the difference in winning over somebody that didn't offer with some you know random number. So um, I think so that's a great tip. I think it's it's important. You're right. And even if somebody is an analytical that you're getting there, they're still not going to care, right? It's not, they're Correct. not going to think anything different of it. But but you have a chance of beating somebody out. Right. You have a chance of building rapport, having someone think twice, and your offer stands out a little bit more. So anyway, we're gonna be back wrapping up our last segment. Uh, after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show, wrapping up our last segment. Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo at the Duncan Duo, all social channels at the Duncan Duo. Make sure to follow us. We do cool giveaways, and we're always putting out uh, great real estate content for Tampa Bay. Joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage, 
And Mike, have you have you lived in a house and had it remodeled before? I have a couple times. Yeah. Have you lived in a house or remodeled it yourself? No, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not that handy. I so. haven't either. I haven't either, okay, because I'm not. I can work on a car, but on a house, I mess it up. So, however, what I can tell you is so many people, a recent study says one out of three, and I think it's three out of three, people regret remodeling a home that they live in. Um, and, and I'm not an advocate for it either. Because here's what ends up happening with so many people. They get in over their head. And look, if you're a contractor, Okay, or you're handy, or you're a tradesman. This doesn't apply to you, okay? Because you're skilled, you enjoy doing it, right? Um, but if you're someone that just doesn't love, you know, painting your cabinets and renovating your house and having people inside of it all the time while they're working on a renovation, um, I had an then I don't recommend it. I, I recommend you sell your house, call us, let us sell your house for top dollar, and then go out and buy the house that has what you want. Yeah, because. Your time, energy, and effort that you're going to spend, you're going to underestimate it. You're going to underestimate the inconvenience of having people coming and going from your house, not showing up, randomly leaving, leaving beer cans in the yard. I've done it. I've dealt it. I've gone through it. I've had homes renovated. I've had homes added onto. And I can tell you that I will never, ever, ever for the rest of my life do it again because it's it's such an invasion on your peace of mind. You're, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to have some time where I can just sit here and watch TV and relax. And all of a sudden, eh, you know, like your tools, <laughs> all right. I'm telling you, you know, and then living in your house, you're basically living in your second job. So I'm not saying that's not right for some people. It is, but I don't think anyone ever, unless they're a tradesman or they really love doing it, loves going through it. And, and more times than not, you'd be better off especially with your peace of mind. You know, your home is your castle. It's your sanctuary. It's right. where you want to go after a long day. It's where you want to spend time eating snacks on the weekend. You know, <laughs> right. like it, it, it is your home. And when, you're, when your home becomes your second job, if you don't absolutely love it, or when your home becomes the home of other people that are constantly invading your privacy to work on your house. But the other thing I'll tell you is when it comes to remodeling your house, you're dealing with such an unknown. And the unknown is... Who is coming and going from your house because your contractor is subbing out most of the work and you have no idea who those people are, whether they've got backgrounds, criminal records, you know, any of that stuff, right? Secondly, the other issue is that you don't know when they're going to show up. Sometimes they're not going to show up. They're just going to randomly show up and start working on your house because they don't view it as a home. They view it as a job. They view it as work and money. They don't view it as a peaceful sanctuary. Right. So you're going to get constantly interrupted with, with that stuff. And the third thing you can't control that you're that is always going to be wrong is time and money. They're going to tell you it's going to take this long. They're wrong every time. <laughs> Double it. I mean, you yeah. find me a contractor that can get, do some work on time. I'll employ him so much that he won't be able to do jobs on time anymore because there's no one out. There is not a contractor that does stuff on time. It just, they don't exist. They're like a unicorn. Right. Okay. If you find one, capture it. <laughs> yes. We need to do some research on it. Okay. Because they don't exist. So it's going to take longer. And the other thing is, is they're always going to find more stuff wrong. It's always going to be more expensive. Yeah. So you go in thinking you're going to spend, oh, I'm going to spend $100,000 on this renovation. No, you're not. No, you are not. Yes. You know, And so it's part of the contractor upsell, in my opinion. They tell you a number, and they know that's on the, the low The famous end. change order, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, well, we got to change. We got to do it. I'm just telling you, like, I'm just not a fan of of having a home remodeled while living in it. I'm, you know, especially if it's massive. Look, if it's a weekend job or whatever and you can get away and they can do it over a weekend, okay. But if you're talking like a, some several month thing, 
I'm just not a believer that that makes sense most of the time. Most of the time, it makes more sense to sell the home you're in and buy the one that has all the stuff that you want and you can move and be done with it in a few days instead of sitting through months and months and months of remodeling because everybody's got a contractor horror story. For sure. We could do a whole show on it. We could do a whole show. I'll tell you another thing that happens. A lot of people, if they do go through all that and then it takes longer and it gets it done, I can't tell you, I've done it myself, how many times at the end of that you say, you know what, we should sell the house after you went through all of that and and, and doing it. And you could have just bought um, what you wanted in the first place. But so many people do the remodel and then they're like, you know, we really should sell the house now. And so now you went all through that for nothing. You're not even going to get to enjoy it for a long period of time. So see it all the time that happens where people remodel and then sell. Yeah. it's it, And again, I, I can tell you time and again, the times I've gone through it, uh, I regretted it. Almost at the point, like instant regret, like this is going to be so difficult. And it is like, I mean, I would walk out and find Corona beer cans in the driveway. (laughs) I I would try and drill them down on time. I mean, and this is what I do for, I'm a real estate agent on billboards and TV commercial. This happened to me. You think it's not going to happen to you? Right. I mean, they're going to randomly show up. They're going to, they're going to, um, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be an obstacle. So I can just tell you again and again, uh, really use that as the last resort. Like, and I'm not saying renovating a vacant house. I'm not saying renovating a house to make money. Okay. I'm all about that. I do a lot of that. Yep. Right. I'm saying renovating a house that you live in. Right. And living through the renovation right. ends up being a nightmare. So anyway, we're going to be back next Sunday. Like we are every Sunday at 10 AM. We hope you have an awesome rest of your weekend, Tampa Bay. And thanks for tuning in.